Hey, and welcome back to Giovanni and Lee's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, everyone, I am really excited about this episode. This is totally impromptu. I was planning on recording today, but I wasn't planning on recording this. I was actually planning on recording uh, a bunch of episodes. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what they are yet. You'll find out soon enough, don't worry. But, um, but you know what? I just had to. The opportunity was... It presented itself so perfectly that I just couldn't pass it up. I just couldn't. And uh, and I know, I know these episodes always do so poorly, but I don't care. I'm doing it. You had to know I was going to do it sooner or later. So let's just, let's just do it. Let's just get into it. Uh, I'm going to be talking about Batman from 1989 because today, this exact day, marks the release date in theaters all the way back in the 80s and uh and it just so happens to line up with the with the breaking news that Michael Keaton is potentially in talks to return as Batman in the Flash solo movie whenever and if that ever happens but uh I did write about it if you wanted to read and get some some info uh I did write a, a whole roundup of the news and uh the history surrounding the the film that he's supposed to be appearing in, all that's in a brand new news article that's up on my site right now, that's moviesamorepod.com, uh, if you want to check that out, so yeah, that's the latest article, I just put it up this morning, and I think it turned out pretty well, so yeah, on top of that, I did make a bunch of just general changes to the layout of the site, uh, there's not really a way that I can adjust uh, how something shows up on mobile versus how it would show up on a laptop, uh, it just kind of does it on its own, the way that translates, I can't adjust for a different device. So the way I had it set up works well for a laptop, but not quite so well for a, um, uh, a mobile phone because of the amount of scrolling you'd have to do based on the way it, it reorganized some of the stuff I had set up on the, on the top of the page. So I reorganized everything to make it a lot cleaner, a lot more compact. There's a few more more pages to, to make everything just look more clean, more uniform, and uh, I'm really happy with the way it turned out. So definitely check that out to, to see how it looks and, and let me know. But with all that out of the way, and, uh, you know, without further ado, I, I say we get into this. So this is a movie that I... Uh, if I'm being honest with you, I didn't really have big opinions on for a while. Uh, for for the longest time, I'm sure I I talked this to death on the Batman Begins episode, but it bears repeating. Uh, I was in love with that movie, and that was kind of the only Batman movie for me. Uh, the, the '90s ones, uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Ashamed uh, as I am to admit it, I was really really into those. Uh, while I'm on the topic, I, I know this is gonna come out. Oh wait, no, never mind. This one's not being released out of order. Yeah, yeah, never mind, never mind. Okay, so this is still, this does still uh, arrive on time. Um, Joel Schumacher actually passed away uh, yesterday in in New York. He was he was 80, and I, I didn't know anything about this, but apparently he'd been battling cancer for a year. And so, uh, obviously, my heart goes out to, to his family and his loved ones, everyone that's grieving right now because of that. Uh, I don't hate Joel Schumacher. I really don't. Uh, I don't, honestly, there's really few filmmakers I do hate, uh, besides people who are just straight up lazy or, uh, or sex offenders, which there are quite a few of, uh, of now apparently in Hollywood. I mean, there always were, but we didn't know about it. You know what I mean? Anyway, um, 
I, I, I definitely don't think he fits into any of those two categories. He's certainly not lazy. Say what you will about him, but his films, they're pretty identifiable. Uh, uh, the, mo the more famous ones, I feel like you can definitely tell. And, um, and yeah, I respect him for, for breaking into the business, and I think some of his movies do have legitimately cool ideas in them. Lost Boys, Flatliners, those are cool premises, uh, and, and I don't, I don't like how he interpreted Batman. I don't think many people do, but I don't mind those movies as something to just kind of, to kind of laugh at and to, to reminisce on as a, uh, relics of a bygone era. So I, I really don't hate Joel Schumacher and, uh, I really, I am disappointed that, that he passed away. That's, that's really sucks. No one should have to go that way. And, uh, I do think he left a pretty indelible mark on Hollywood throughout those 80 years. So I think that um, I think that it, what a, what a what a run. I mean, eighty years isn't nothing, and and look what he did with it. So yeah, I I definitely I feel very bad, and and that's not good news at all. Um, I I do you know regret to hear it, regret to talk about it, but but yeah, w what a guy, and uh, definitely in interviews and stuff, he's really nice, and he's really good at working with actors, I think, like, he, he, you know, there's directors who have been historically very, very, very abusive to their performers, but he was not that, he, he went after a lot of his, his actors and, and defended them on, on certain issues and things, and I really commend him for that, I think he was a really cool dude, so, yeah, it's, uh, that's kind of related, but anyway, I just figured I might as well say something. Uh, but yeah, so I definitely like those movies. Not a big fan now, but I was back then, mostly because they had Robin in them. But besides that, it was Batman Begins all day, every day, because I wasn't allowed to watch The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises at that point. But the weird thing was is that I never really, I never really watched, um, Batman or Batman Returns. Definitely not Batman Returns because the only way I could see it was on VHS, uh, at my grandparents' house because, uh... I didn't have it and wasn't allowed to for the longest time. I remember, th this is a really strange memory, but I asked my mom, it was like, it was like $2 at a Goodwill or something. We were looking for, um, I think like materials to make Halloween costumes. And I was like, hey mom, can I get this? And she goes, no. <laughs> I was so, I was so, I was so shocked. It was very, very surprising. Uh, I'm not mad or anything. I just think it's kind of funny, but, but yeah, it was like a movie that I just happened to never have. I, the collection was incomplete. Um, as, as many as I was allowed to, uh, as many as I was allowed to watch, the collection was incomplete. I'd definitely seen these two movies, but I didn't have big opinions on them. I couldn't have really told you what they were about, or any of the big moments. I, like, just didn't have a, a strong attachment to them. And then I remember one day, and I don't know how old I was, I was definitely living in this house, so I would have been past third grade. Um, I'm in 11th grade now, so anywhere in that range. But, um... I watched this movie, and I was like, by the end, like, holy shit, that's really, really good. I was so, so surprised by how much I love this movie, and to this day, I don't even know if I can tell you what changed. Uh, I guess maybe, obviously, the movie didn't change. I, something in me must have changed that I was just more primed to appreciate the movie at that point in my life, but what a different and very transformative experiment. It, experiment no uh, experience it was for me because i'd never regarded it as as one of the greats among the batman movies and this really cemented it for me as like oh no this is legitimately really really awesome uh i, I was just so struck by i felt like this the story was really propulsive 
Uh, I don't totally agree with my, my former self on that one. I'm not totally sure what I was thinking about there, but I thought it was like a lot of fun. I just had a lot of fun watching it. I really enjoyed the, the action and the little comedic beats and just the world. And a lot of those things I definitely still enjoy to this day, but uh, but I think it's really interesting to, to mark a movie that didn't have a huge influence on me as a child, like as a younger guy, but now that once I got a little bit older, I started to appreciate it more, and I definitely would say that as far as the world of this movie goes, that's what I love the most. I, I have been on record saying that I don't like when uh, Gotham City is just Chicago or Pittsburgh. I really wish that it was more stylized even joker even joker is very good it, it kind of meets in the middle where it's like an impossibly large city it's 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 huge like bigger than you can possibly imagine and it's got all these crazy like dark corners and it's super gross and weird and slimy and creepy but it's um it's still real like you could still believe that it exists i think that's kind of the it kind of meets in the middle for me as in terms of like uh, the dark knight version of Gotham and then the Batman and Batman Returns version of Gotham because I just love this city. It's so, so cool. Uh, the production design is fantastic. Looking up some of the concept art for this stuff, um, I think Bo Welch did the second one and I think this one, Anton first did the did all the, the design work for this. I'm 99% I'm sure on this. They might be flip-flopped, but I'm almost positive that that's the right order. But uh, but I definitely like this one better. And I think it's partially because you just get to see more of the city, where in the second one, uh, it's a little more a couple locations, and, and you don't really get to see outside a lot. But I love that there's so many times where you can see like these massive, like weird... Uh, creepy squares with all these people just like chilling and, and listening to music and, and I don't know just being ne'er-do-wells in general um, I love that it's got just this gothic atmosphere and that there are parts that look really sound stagey and then parts that do actually look like okay that's a legitimate city um, I just love how oh that, I'm gonna do a take two there that was a my voice just decided to crap out on me there, but um, I love how just like identifiable it is. Like you, you would know where this was, uh, if you even if you've never seen the movie, but you you know you'd seen images and stuff, you'd definitely be able to to pick out like oh that that's the the Gotham from that movie. I know that for sure, because it's just so it's just so identifiable. It's so iconic. It's so beautiful and well designed and well realized and it's just this crazy impossible city with all these weird like you know when you get to the factory and stuff just weird pipes and and uh like railings and just twisted metal that goes nowhere it's crazy but i i love it and uh that's definitely one of my favorite things about this movie that gotham city is a character and i think batman just works better in that world um there was a dropped idea for this that's basically like the beginning of beauty and the beast where uh there's all these gargoyles high above the city and then one of them moves and you you realize you were looking at batman the whole time and i think like that that only works in this weird gothic nightmare that tim burton and company cooked up for this movie like that that's just not going to work in the chicago version and and that's okay that's a different take and that's part of the reason i appreciate this one because it's so different but um i, I think that that's just so cool 
and uh, let's let's actually talk about it. Let's talk about Batman because I love this version of Batman. I I like that he's not all serious all the time. I like that he doesn't have to put on a huge affected voice. There's no modulator. There's no nothing. He just kind of shifts it down in timber, and it and it totally works. And especially into the second one, Keaton really 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 does a great job in this role. I just love how quirky and strange he is and how much you get visually from just his house and the way he interacts and the way Alfred is always there to pick up after him and do whatever he needs because they've been, you know, they've been together all this time. They have a perfect dynamic worked out. And Alfred is also fantastic. Michael Goff is so good in this role uh, in, in both these movies. I think my favorite moment in, in any of them with him is in Batman Returns when he's, uh, he's like caught in the middle of of Bruce and Selina both making up like weird excuses because they have to go be you know Batman and Catwoman uh that's one of my favorites but in this one uh yeah I just love how how him and Bruce Bruce just have this perfect dynamic worked out together they just know each other so well and uh and yeah I just love how immediately from the first scene there's all these things that are like weird about Bruce and he's you know he's this weird loner who doesn't talk to people doesn't really come out very often and uh and that totally makes sense for me it's this weird sort of sort of stunted or like almost arrested development kind of person uh, i've always loved uh, a batman who my ideal like or my idea of him is that he is fulfilling the revenge fantasies of like a 12 year old of a little kid um but he just has the money to make it real. Like he's got the the crazy gadgets and the cool car and the cool costume and all this stuff that's like super super cool in in the mind of a kid of of a child and it's like someone who could go out and beat the bad guys and save the day, but he can make it a reality for himself because he has the means. And obviously it turns into something much more than that, but I really like that because he is very angry and there's a lot of like childishness underlying all that um you know years and layers and layers of pain and i really enjoy that uh the portrayal of of bruce in this movie because i think keaton really nails that kind of stunted growth sort of thing and then when he's batman i also love that he's like really creepy like he he doesn't just let the suit do all the talking like he you know the way he moves the way he holds himself the way he observes situations and like the way he can you know just with his mouth and or just with his eyes it's it's really fantastic just the the performance here and then speaking of that just on top of the production design and the way that uh Burton plays this so well or um excuse me Keaton plays this so well Burton directs the hell out of this movie the way he plays with shadows and the way everything looks like uh like you could you could print out that frame and and put it on your wall that's amazing that's so admirable to, admirable to me i think that's something that really you know captures the spirit of the comic and just the the gothic vibes the dark and twisted imagery it really really pops in this movie and burton does a great job of making it look so so good um i love the the uh the joker man i can't can't talk about this movie without talking about the joker Obviously, I think Heath Ledger is easily my favorite, and I don't know if anyone will ever top it. And honestly, I don't think that we should really try. I'm kind of done with the Joker. I'd really like to see um, a good version of the Riddler or Mr. Freeze or Poison Ivy, that kind of stuff. I would really enjoy to to visit some new villains, but um, but this is definitely definitely 
easily the second best Joker because just the weird, manic, rambling sort of jokes that only he gets and, and just the weird, like, practical jokes that he plays. Like, some of that is so darkly funny. My favorite joke, I think, in the entire movie is when... Uh, is how terrible the news anchors look because they can't use any beauty care products because they don't know uh, how Joker's uh, getting like the the laughing gas in into you know people's homes through through these products they don't know which product it is and especially the guy without makeup just looks so bad that's so funny and it's just like it's such a great Joker moment such a great Joker plan. And I and there's a part of me that wishes he had a more concrete plan in this movie. It's weird that he doesn't really have a master scheme and he doesn't really have much motivation. Uh, that there's a part of me that likes that. He's just true anarchy. But then there's a part of me that kind of wishes there was more of a definitive endgame. Uh, I will say that probably one of the most controversial moments of this movie is the fact that um, there's a twist that Jack Nicholson's Joker, um, sorry, Jack Napier, I think, yeah, Jack Napier, um, killed, uh, killed Bruce Wayne's parents, you know, way, way back before he, before he became the Joker, and, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you, I don't like that, I personally, I think, I like when it's Joe Chill, I like when it's a random killing, I don't like when it's part of a bigger conspiracy, or when it comes back, and I'm more of the mind that he should never be caught because then, you know, there's still the perpetual need to keep fighting and keep, you know, beating more bad guys because on top of the idea that, like, okay, I never want this to happen to another little boy uh, ever again. I don't want any family to, to have to undergo what I did. There's also the idea that, like, no matter what he does, it'll never be enough. Like, this is obviously a war he can't win because... Um, because what he really wants is to stop that that killer, but he can't. He, he can't just no matter what he does, he can't because he never he's never been caught. He's out there in the wind somewhere. Like who knows where he is, and who knows if he'll ever be able to find him. So I, that's something that's just so poetic and tragic to me, uh, and it allows every villain that he fights to be a projection of him of of uh, Joe Chill onto that whoever person whatever person batman's fighting i really really love that idea so i'm not a big fan of this interpretation but it doesn't break the movie for me or anything i don't think it's something so egregious that it doesn't really work and i think especially for this take where clearly burton wanted to tell an open and closed story in terms of conventional story structure that's obviously the way you would take it and i you can see by the sequel that and I'll get to this eventually and talk about it in more detail, but clearly Burton is, does not have a grander plan in mind. He's not thinking of Returns as a part two. He's thinking of it as a whole new story. So with each of these movies, he's clearly trying to tell a complete tale. And to that extent, I understand that you don't want the loose thread. And like if you could thread the needle and make the motivation to fight the Joker more personal for Bruce... I understand why the temptation to do that. I don't think they should have, but I understand it. And then, um, I also think it's weird that the Joker's like, I was a kid when I killed your parents. I don't, you don't know who this is to this. You, you have no idea who he is. Like, are you just assuming that you actually did kill his parents? Cause you don't know that it's Bruce. Like, it's so weird to me. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's just something I feel like doesn't need to be in there. Um, another thing I feel like could be a little bit improved on uh, to, to put it nicely is Batman's 
totally, totally lacks uh, killing people rule. That that was the worst way to say that. But it, he kills a lot of people in this movie, and I think that's kind of indefensible. I really don't understand why the movies feel it's so difficult to just do this. Like, he is a person who watched his parents be killed in front of him by a gun. He's A, not going to kill people, and he's definitely not going to use guns because you know what? He's not the Punisher. His worldview isn't, I hit them and they stay down. His worldview is, he's going to scare the crap out of you so bad that the notion of, you know, going back out there, committing more crimes, it just won't happen because he's designed himself to be this perfect mythic figure that stalks the streets and will take you out if you even dare step on the wrong side of that line. So it just blows my mind that there's someone out there that feels like, mm, no, I think what they mean by that is that he should blow up an entire building full of people. Like, uh, no, that is, that, no, that's, that doesn't work. Thematically, it's stronger if he has that problem. It's something that I think Daredevil, the TV show for me, illustrated so well that the moral uh, discontinuity between him and the Punisher and the way that, that, uh, that Daredevil and the Punisher have that that conversation on the roof, and the way you can see you can see their opposing worldviews, and obviously they're slightly different characters, Batman and Daredevil, but they have largely the same thing. And especially once you you get to later interpretations where Bruce Wayne's like taking a more active role in the city, uh, and like you know ch charity and philanthropy and stuff, I think that that feeds more into like. You know, as Batman, I'll, I'll punch him, I'll scare him, I'll beat him up. And then as Bruce Wayne, I'll kind of, you know, the social program aspect will help reform them. I I like that. And this movie doesn't really get into that. But I also think that even if you just leave it the same but don't kill people, it's still a stronger story. Because I was a kid when I killed your parents. Someone could then, you know, be bringing the same argument to to Batman later down the line like he's creating his own villains by killing the parents you know potentially the parents of, of of like little kids who just happen to you know their parents just happen to be criminals I just I just never sits right for me and I and I don't really understand why they why it's so hard for every filmmaker to to nail that but anyway it's again it's something that doesn't break the movie for me it's just something that I, I, you know it kind of irks me just as a fan it kind of irks me but uh but yeah those are really my big complaints and I think I went on about them a little longer than I intended to there's a lot to them because they get to fundamental aspects of the character for me that I feel should not be changed but it, it really doesn't diminish how much I love this movie the chemistry between Michael ba uh, Michael Batman no, Michael Keaton and Kim Basinger is off the charts. They're really, really good together, and I really wish she would have kept going. Uh, I love the guy who's, like, sort of Harvey, Harvey Bullock, who's not, um, what's his name, freaking, uh, um, Eckhart? Yeah, Eckhart. Uh, I love, I love Jack Nicholson as the Joker. He gives such a good performance. Uh, he's so, like, creepy in such a weird, funny way. Uh, I love, I love Batman. I love the Batcave. I love the look of Gotham City. Wayne Manor is amazing. The action isn't great, but it's fun. The Batmobile is so 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 cool. Uh, that's such an awesome classic design. 
and love that Batmobile. And, uh, and yeah, just in general, this is a really, really awesome movie that I love revisiting. It's just so fun to, to jump into this totally out there and, and wacky comic book world that Burton created. And I am really, really, really hopeful that, uh, that he will return, that Keaton will return in the Flash movie. Uh, I, I talk a lot more about this in the article, but, um, I will forever lament the fact that the Batman 89 comic got rejected by DC. The concept art looks amazing, and the, just the sheer premise of it, that you would take something um, like Batman 66, which continues the uh, 60s Adam West Batman TV show past its third season in comic book form, or like Smallville season 11, same thing. There's a Buffy season... Oh boy, nine? I don't know. I don't know how many seasons there are Buffy, guys. But, like, these continuations, these belated continuations of of classic things that were gone too soon, uh, and in comic form, I really wish that, that Batman 89 would have been one of those. Uh, man, I don't understand why they rejected it. It would be so, so cool. I would have loved to see that. But, anyway, um, yeah, man. I just got so wistful. Well, what a downer of a note. But man, this movie is awesome, and you should definitely check it out if you haven't in a while. It's really, really great. All right, everyone. Uh, before I get out of here, I'd like to say that I am grateful for delivery. It's plain and simple. I'm grateful that we live in an age where I can just touch my phone in the right places as a uh, as that one guy in, in the those ESPN commercials says, I'm blanking on his name, but uh, if you watch the last the last dance, you know what I'm talking about. It's in the ESPN commercials. There's um, de-aged sports commentator who's like, in the future, if you touch your phone in the right places, a pizza will show up at your door, or like something along those lines. Um, and I love that that there's a way that I can tap a few buttons and friggin' Chipotle shows up at my door. That's insane. Uh, I just ordered some the other day, made me very happy, and I'm just grateful that that's a thing that's available to me. It's just cool. That's that's it. That's all I have. And Chipotle's great. Man, I love Chipotle. <laughs> oh, if I could get Chipotle sponsorship for this, I would just, I was going to say I'd end the show. That seems counterintuitive. Um, but I would definitely mic drop because that's, that's it, man. I've, I've hit the big leagues if I get Chipotle sponsorship. Uh, alright, so... If you want to, uh, if you want to support the show, a five star, pre preferably five star, but whatever you think is fair, review would be super helpful. Um, you can do it right in app. Really helps me turn up in searches, and I'd really appreciate it. And while you're there, consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. I post these about two times a week. I try to keep to that schedule. Uh, usually Tuesdays and Thursdays. I feel like that's a that's a good time to release these. And I I almost always have something extra to to give you guys. I have a bunch more episodes I need to record today, but um, but yeah, I try to do these so that I can I can always always have them ready. Um. Uh, if you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can do that at Movies and More Pod. That's where I post uh, updates about when new episodes come out and what the topics of discussion will be. If you want to follow me personally on Instagram for pictures of, of places I go, trips I take, uh, shoes I buy, whatever, you can do that at gvangeli1 on Instagram. And if you want to email the show with any comments, questions, concerns, or suggestions, you can do that at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. And if you want to find all of that, along with uh, some articles that I've written in the past and and more recently 
uh, you can do that uh, by visiting www.moviesandmorepod.com. So that's all for me. Thank you, as always, for listening. And until next time, where does he get those wonderful toys? And white, ow, red and green, boom, 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 boom. It's the funkiest thing you've ever seen. And then other things, something, something. Show you what his name is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boom, party man, party man. Anyway, that's about the song. I, it, it's close enough. Oh my god, I should not ever try to sing a Prince song again, that was terrible.